It's the bogus summer of pilots. Hey there, bogus listeners. It's summertime, and you know what that means. We are on our summer hiatus, but we're not going to leave you hanging. We never leave you hanging here on the Forever Bogus Podcast, because throughout our break, we will be premiering pilot episodes of different podcast shows I put together over the last five years, as well as release some reruns of the Bogus Cast that you have never heard of or you haven't heard in years. We are kicking things off in the best way possible with the pilot episode of The Bogus Cast. That's right, the very first episode of the Forever Bogus Podcast, which premiered on April 15th, 2015. Okay, I, I guess I lied. I've been podcasting for six years now. Wow, that's that's crazy to think about. In this pilot episode, we had the pleasure of having our buddy Eli from Magnetic Magic Rentals on to discuss the rise of interest of VHS and our thoughts of the quote-unquote dead format along with the growing VHS community. It's pretty wild to think that this was at the time where the VHS community was really booming and to kind of see where it led to now. I wasn't really for sure what I was doing at the time when I recorded this pilot episode. I had some experience interviewing people and had a general idea of what I wanted the episodes to sound like. But needless to say, it was a bit of a mess. And it is a little embarrassing going back and listening to it now. But we all have to start somewhere, right? I initially wanted to start the Bogus Cast to discuss specific topics from our childhood and bring on experts of that topic or that field from the community that Bogus was building at the time and just take an in-depth look at that specific topic. And I did just that for the first couple seasons of the Bogus Cast, and for those who are longtime listeners, know that the Bogus Cast has really evolved over the last five years. And honestly, I think it's for the better. I can't imagine having an episode of Bogus Cast without Jamie, J-Dog, on the episode. It just sounds off. So I guess I'm just saying that, Jamie, I love you, and I'm glad we have you on the show now. Listening back to this episode, I wanted to edit it down just to sound a little more on par with our current standards, but I think that really takes away from its amateur charm, so I just left it alone. Okay, can't believe I'm doing this, but without further ado, let's listen to the pilot episode of the Forever Bogus podcast entitled VH What? Forever. Bogus. And now let's all get serious. Don't touch that dial, because you've tuned in to Forever Bogus Podcast, where we've got nostalgia on tap. This means fake. Bogus is not fake. Hello, duders and dudettes, and welcome to the very first episode of the Forever Bogus Podcast. I am your bogus host, Bryce Shoemaker, and I am here bearing a buffet full of nostalgia. The Forever Bogus Podcast is a monthly-themed podcast that focuses on everything that makes you feel nostalgic. 
This usually includes the eras of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s pop culture. I will be bringing on a guest for each episode to discuss the theme and the subject for that episode. These themes will include and not be restricted to action figures, board games, video games, TV shows, movies, crazy collections that people have, all the way to how Pizza Hut Pizza was at the time and how it is compared to now, plus much, much more and everything in between. Before we jump to today's theme, I want to mention that Forever Bogus is an open community podcast, meaning if you have a theme for an episode or an idea for an episode, or just simply want to be a guest on Forever Bogus podcast, please contact me on any social network or email me. Now, each era had a lot of things to collect. For the 80s, you had action figures, board games, comic books, and trading cards. In the 90s, you had a lot of TV shows and cartoons that were linked up to action figures and their action figure toy line. And along with that, you had a bunch of other things that were collectible. In the 2000s, things had changed because things became more technologically advanced. So video games became a lot more the popular demand and a lot more collectible. Now, each thing from that from their previous era became even more collectible throughout the years. There's something that stayed true to every kid's heart and sticks with them for the rest of their lives. And those are movies and TV shows. And all of these movies and TV shows were released on VHS. This VHS gave us an opportunity to have that physical media in our homes and available to us at any time. As a kid, I remember watching a lot of different uh, TV shows I could not watch on TV because I either did not have that channel or I could never catch it at the right time. This gave me an opportunity to watch that when I could not. Now, today's episode focuses on one product that had stayed true through the 80s and 90s and the beginning of 2000s. This one product had brought happiness to all these people then and brings us even more happiness now. This product, you guessed it, VHS. And to help me talk about this topic, I invited one of my really good friends and fellow tape head, graphic designer, Eli LaFollette. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm glad you can actually join us here. Oh yeah, join in the nostalgia. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. Absolutely. And I kind of just want to jump right into it because, uh, of course, we've been talking about doing this podcast for a, a couple of weeks now. Yep. And, of course, we... we are constantly talking about VHS and constantly look. It's a part of our daily lives. Yeah, I mean, I not a day goes by that we don't send a text message to each other about some new tape that we found. Uh, do you think that VHS had actually died over the years? I wouldn't say so. I mean, there's with each new wave of technology and updates in technology that come out, there's always going to be a steady decrease or drastic decrease in the prior... Uh, what I want to say, the prior uh, era mm-hmm. of the technology of that era. So it's definitely, you're going to see a decrease, but I wouldn't say, I go wouldn't go as far as to say VHS died because mm-hmm. there's still people that I run into at thrift stores at tape places where you can grab VHS, old vinyl, all what have you. And uh, I mean, they that's that's what they do. Like they might have Netflix, but they've I've talked to them and they don't use it nearly as much as going out and actually getting tapes from Absolutely. thrift stores. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's dead. You know, mm-hmm. maybe like we don't see video stores as much around here anymore, especially in the Midwest. But um, 
Yeah, it never really died out. Yeah, and I completely agree. And people do call it a dead format. And, and, I, and I understand that because they're not really releasing anything major that's new on it. I mean, And maybe that's why they... What determines the term dead format exactly. for, a, for a format, I guess. Yeah. Would be that there's not being anything released on it. Exactly. And it's uh, it's been crazy that it's been since 2006 since the last major film was released on right. VHS here in the United States. So right there, that's that's almost a decade since it's, it's been, been yeah. gone. Yeah. And and if you notice, like nowadays, there's a huge community for it, and now a lot of people are jumping back on that bandwagon or haven't even left that bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what we remember growing up. I mean, nostalgia plays a big part in it, but we it didn't really die. I mean, we're the children of that era, mm-hmm. and so we continue to collect and just kind of live our lives by how we did growing up and that, that's that's re- really well said we are a product of our era and a, and a big product of of those in the 80s and 90s era was vhs right. some of our fa- favorite films and even like tv shows were released on vhs and then brought into our lives our daily lives absolutely and like i remember being a kid and, and constantly watching a certain film and as soon as it was it was done i'd press that re- rewind button and go ahead and, and watch it all through again. Exactly. Like and get it in as much as you can before mom and dad have to take it back to the video that's store. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And it's and it actually being a chance to have that in your in your home and be able to to utilize that at any time really changed the game and really brought a new life to to our generations. Very much so. Something to actually like have memory of and keep a hold of. Like a physical have actually a physical copy of that because before that the only time you were able to to watch films and stuff like that you had to go to the theater yeah go to the theater it's nothing tangible you can't bring it home and i think maybe that's why part of us like want to collect it's the nostalgia and we want to have that physical item but mm-hmm. it's just that it was such a game changer for us that we just want we have to have that it's exactly original format that it came in for mm-hmm. us so my my memories are always in blockbuster because that's where I mean, growing up around St. Joe, mm-hmm. as you know, we like we didn't really have any of the mom and pop video shops that I ever grew up around, and so Blockbuster was always the place to go, and they always had the tapes. And I mean, <laughs> I I could rattle off the movies almost in order of the horror section from going down <laughs> so many times. But um, some of my fondest memories, I mean, I remember the day my mom let me finally rent the fear. Oh like, yeah. I've been waiting forever to see it. And she finally like gave in and said, okay, you can watch this. <laughs> and, uh, the other tapes, like, uh, let's see. I scary movie. The mm-hmm. first time I saw a scary movie, I coaxed my, uh, cousin's dad into letting us get it. Nice. And, <laughs> oh man. I remember getting that on tape too. That was just, those were some good days. I know, right? Those were so good. Like they're the, so nice. The little victory to have over that to bring home that just magnetic black box yeah. and just <laughs> get home with it and watch it immediately and rewind it and watch it again and again. Yep. Like, Until it's due back. <laughs> exactly. That's funny that you uh, bring up the fear as one of your fondest moments. Uh, I actually recently found that and let you watch it. Um, was it still as good as you thought it was? As, oh man, as it was it was terrible now. But <laughs> I mean, it was just back then. It was just the most terrifying thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I lived in Brookfield, Missouri, 
and we had one mom and pop rental store, and it was under the name of Video Castle, which they did have other ones, but this wasn't a part of the chain. They just took the name. Right. <clears throat> That's and <wonderful>. yeah, <laughs> and as a kid, I would go in there with my parents constantly and, and rent and rent movies and stuff. And I remember this was soon after 007, uh, Goldfinger came out. Mm-hmm. My mom didn't let me rent it because it had like some titties in it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which looking back on it, like it wasn't even that big of a deal. No. I think it was a side boob or something. Yeah, compared to now. I mean, they would blow up partial nudity yeah, back then. Yeah, to everything. So. Um, so my mom went, I mean, uh, let me rent it. And so I finally went over to my dad's place, and he's like, let's go rent a movie. And I was like, that's fantastic. Let's go do this. And so I, I immediately went to the 007 because I knew he would let me, exactly. let me rent it. So I get home, and that night we watch Porky's. My dad rents Porky's for us to watch, and I am probably seven or eight years old, not knowing Just what is going. Leaps and bounds. Over yeah, yeah. Oh man. So I mean, it doesn't really hit me until I'm like ten or eleven, where I'm like, "Well, Porky's that's yeah. pretty much a porn. Exactly. I can't believe my dad let me watch that, and over 007 as well. As it blows my mind. And then my mom actually found out about that. I think a week or two later because yep. they were talking about Porky's and like, cause it's nostalgic to them. Mm-hmm. And I bring up like, yeah, my dad's let me watch that. And my mom was pissed. Oh yes. Pissed. Oh, like, the mom is always mad. Oh man. So I needless to say, I didn't even see Porky or the sequels until I was probably 15 or 16 <laughs> when I was actually able to go out and rent it on DVD or something. Yep. But uh, another fondest memory, which is, it makes me feel the most nostalgic was, I think it was called Tiger Rentals or something in Columbia, Missouri, because I lived there for the first five years of my life. And uh, there was this one turtle tape, Ninja Turtle tape, that I rented all of the time. <laughs> it was the one where Donatello uh, gets turned in, uh, too small. I think it was like like a Honey, I Shrunk the, shrunk the Kids like yeah. parody of it. And it was great. And as a kid, I just, I mean, there were so many Turtles tapes there to to rent. And that's the only one I wanted for some reason. And I remember going back there, I think it was my last year I was there. So it was like 1995 or 6, and they were closed. And I never saw that shop ever again. Now it's like an ex-Walmart uh area uh-huh. so it just sits there empty and it's really sad to see i actually i have one more that you made me think of because you just talking about it brought up all these memories <laughs> and there's this one and i can't god i can't think of the name of the movie right now but um it was over in the comedy section because i would always walk over there and see the south park tapes mm-hmm. but i'd seen them all like they had maybe three it was a blockbuster and they had like three south park Weird. tapes, but <laughs> There was this one Blair Witch parody. Okay. I oh, I just remember the name. The Bogus Witch. Something like that. Ooh, bogus. Uh, bogus Witch. Yep. Name <laughs> drop, but no. Uh, bogus Witch Project. Okay. And so, so this, this was a, a an animated film. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. It was it was a parody. It was over in the comedies, and it was made in two thousand. I just oh brought it up man. Here. And so every time I went over there, I wanted to see it so bad because yeah. like I had just seen Blair Witch. I, my friend and I were at his parents' house like two weeks before that and did the whole sneak behind the couch and watch half the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's how we saw Blair Witch. <laughs> so DVDs were released in your, your blockbuster and mm-hmm. you were still looking at tapes and everything. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, 
I mean, my block. When we had finally got a blockbuster in Brookfield, which is what was unfortunate because it took it, the video castle out of business. Right. But uh, they had like all those previewed tapes and stuff, especially when like mm-hmm. DVDs were. Yeah, I remember were that. Huge. So, um, and they had like a huge section of, of VHS. Uh, they had the same thing there in, in St. Joe. Pretty much. Yes, very much. It was always set up right in the middle of the store. And okay. uh, yeah, the previewed tapes with the uh, yellow blockbuster box didn't so, really have covers. So pretty much at this age, you were like buying your own your own movies and stuff that you... At that point, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I had a small collection from, you know, like allowance that my parents gave mm-hmm. me and stuff because obviously I couldn't get move money by my own accord. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, whenever I could, I would get majority of the time I get movies mm-hmm. it was like split up between movies and like Punisher comics from the grocery <laughs> store and, and Lunchables and crap so like, yeah, yeah, yeah whenever I could I'd save up more and get a movie so yeah. when would you say you actually became like a serious collector then uh, definitely not then because yeah. I didn't have the value of what they were they then. were just tapes yeah they were yeah. just tapes to me because it was I mean it was pretty much what Blu-rays are to people now but mm-hmm. Um, I mean, serious collecting would probably have started about five years ago, I say. Okay. And I was still in St. Joe at the time. And um, I, let's see, I got my, one of my first tapes was Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. And (laughs) my, I can't remember if that was my first or second, but I remember that uh, I had my mom she was going to go to Hastings to get something. Mm -hmm. And, um, I told her, I like, I just found out about Nightbreed and I like, I was reading all Clyde Barker books. I was obsessed Mm -hmm. with Clyde Barker. So you had to watch. Yeah. I was like, obviously I have to watch this movie. And I told my mom to go pick it up if she could. And she came back and she brought back Nightbreed on VHS. Uh. And I was like, huh? Like, I was like, at first, I was like, this is a DVD. Why can't I, like, I don't have a VCR, I don't think. I was mm-hmm. like, I had to dig it out, and because we put it <laughs> away for a long time. And uh, at, at first, I was kind of mad, and then I was like, you know what? No, I, this is actually kind of cool. Like, I think I'll keep this. And mm-hmm. so I watched it on VHS, and then that led me to, like, okay, I still, like, it gave me, from not watching tapes for so long, like, mm-hmm. I was on that little DVD strip where it was really cool for a while. And then going back to tapes, like the tracking came in yep. and I got this whole just like immediate click in my brain that I was like, oh man, this is so much better. It's dreamy. Like, it's just... right back to where I was. It was nostalgia with the avenue, not even grown up that much. Yeah, yet. Like, absolutely. Uh, it was, yeah. So I, I would say that was it. And it didn't really pick up for me then. It was just for a while that mm-hmm. I was like, every time I saw tapes every now and then, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. Add it to my collection. And then um, I'd say probably about three and a half, bordering the line four years ago was when it just kind of took off. Mm-hmm. And I started really getting into it. Actually, like tapes. hunted for yeah, tapes. Hunt, went out and hunted tapes, not just picked up what yep. I saw every now and then. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point in time, the only time place to get them was Hastings had them for a while. And, uh, and they got rid of them. Yeah, they just started clearing out their yeah. stock, which I should have paid more attention at that point when I could have grabbed all those tapes. Oh, yeah. I'm the same <laughs> way. Like, I look back on I'm like, damn, I bet you they had this, this, and this. Yeah, like... It, like, I should have... I'm an idiot. I should have picked that up. Exactly. <laughs> like, they absolutely would have had all the stuff that you could have paid, like, 50 bucks for. Oh, yeah. On. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think when I... 
what made me a serious collector was finding tapes that I was not allowed to have, or, or my parents would not buy like buy me as that a kid. too. I love that. That is one of my favorite oh, things yeah. to do. And like even now, like if I if I were to step out and go to the DAV or something right now and mm-hmm. find almost any Nickelodeon tape that's not in my collection yet. I would freak out. Yeah. Like, just seeing that like brings me instantly back to me as a child, being like picking it up, w- knowing that I, I wanted this so bad that my parents would not let, would not buy it for me. Yeah. And actually being able to buy it for myself at this age is just, <laughs> just And it's amazing. so funny because like I always think in terms of uh, cover art because that was yeah. the thing. I mean, obviously we collect for the tangibility and the nostalgia, but it's that badass cover art. Oh, man. absolutely. And <laughs> it's, it's funny how much I think in terms of cover art for, mm-hmm. I mean, especially VHS tapes. Like when people mention a movie, my immediate first thought, if I know what they're talking about, is straight back to that blockbuster. The, yeah. Aisle. And I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. Because I remember turning that it's around. It's funny as a kid how you categorize it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's how I think about it. And yep. I mean, maybe that's the design side and the, the collector side meshed together. But I mean, I assume a lot of people would imagine that like oh, when yeah. you say a movie the first thing you think about is that cover art and i agree and that's what pretty much sold yeah vhs like anywhere especially like when you go to rental shops you would try to find the gnarliest or the coolest looking cover art right and then you would want that yeah like, i want to rent as a this. kid as now like that's both, both yeah times, even now I, if i find something that i've never heard of but it has a cool cover art mine i'm gonna get that. which like anymore not that we have very many video shops left mm-hmm. but in the period that they were going out like still looking back at hastings and stuff i'm so disappointed in dvd art now yeah. they dropped to like the cheapest thing they can possibly get which and- is pathetic like why wouldn't you want to sp- i mean i will give some people credit now because like scream fract factory is bringing out all these right. like steel cases of, of blu-rays and stuff and they get but, some great artists yeah, and they're i mean they're outsourcing hiring yes. special artists that they work with but exactly. i mean there's i mean i've seen the dilemma online where um I think there was a movie that came out called Devil's Mile, mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, what do I want to say like a year before that there was a bigger blockbuster. I can't remember what it's Devil's Due, maybe. Okay, but they pretty much copied the same artwork. <sighs> it was just a lamer Photoshop version. <laughs> but I mean, Why? I see, I see that yeah, exactly, Why and I see that everywhere, that? and. Uh, Especially the thing that irks me is when I see on uh, iTunes or like VOD uh-huh. where you see the first instance of the release of that movie has like the sweet poster that you saw online. Yeah. And then like a week later, they switch to update to the DVD cover, which is a like $5 Photoshop job. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, how describe it. do you think that is going to sell the movie any better? I know. Like, that's so depressing. And at this point though, I guess it really doesn't matter because they're probably just, if they really want it. They're probably just going to pirate it. Yeah. And that's <laughs> true. But I just like, you know, from a, the artist standpoint, looking yeah. at that, it's just, you know, stick with the better poster. Not right? only that, like I, I'm sure you're going to make quite a bit of money off this blockbuster hit. So yeah. why can't you spend the money to get an actual artist to come in and do the poster for yeah, you? Or even or the if, DVD like, art. The, yeah, or all the people that did the poster pre-movie, like they have these posters that they use to promote it floating mm-hmm. around, but then that's not the DVD art. Like, yeah. I don't understand it, but I don't understand any of that that industry at all. Yeah. That's why I want to stick to independent. Exactly. <laughs> I mean why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um but to take kind of a ticket step back, uh you were talking about 
VHS cover art mm-hmm. and uh, collecting and everything. And and I brought up that uh, if I do see a movie that I have not heard that title, but the cover art is just absolutely amazing, it it will be mine. I will buy it. Yes. You have a pretty modest collection and it's huge. It's taking up a lot of your floor. Yes. <laughs> a lot of floor space. <laughs> yeah. I feel sorry for your cats. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so you have quite a bit already in there. You've, you've seen a lot of different cover art and a lot of different titles. And I know that you have uh, bought a different, a lot of titles that you want in your collection. So Definitely. what do you look for now when you go tape hunting? Um, I mean, when I started up, I knew that I had to get essentials. And so there was things that I absolutely needed that I knew that I would be able to find them anywhere. And I was like, okay, I'll just grab these and get them out of the way. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, now it's not, it's, it's basically what I can find. Like if I'm seriously searching for a tape, I'll look it up online Mm -hmm. and maybe it's just like hearsay that I heard this movie is really sweet. And then if it has sweet cover art, it sells it for me. But, I mean, when I'm collecting now, it doesn't even matter how rare it is to me. Like, I just want to be able to see a really good movie. Yeah. Whether it's, like, good in a cheesy sense or just solid movie. Yeah, great And so, like, if I have a really rare tape that is just rare for the sake of it being rare and it's just a crap movie, like, I wouldn't care about keeping it. I'd probably sell it off because... Mm -hmm. It just wasn't that great. Yeah, I think you said it to me the other day, too. You'd much rather have, you know, a cheap, well, an inexpensive yeah. film that you want to, been, want to see for a while that's really good than having a very expensive, rare VHS in your collection. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's that's kind of what breaks it down for me when I'm hunting is that there's some movies that are just sound or look really, really good, mm-hmm. and I have to see them no matter what the cover art is. And there's some movies that... Like, I just got to have that cover art. And <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's sometimes if it's like a really high price, that might be a deal breaker. Yeah. But I just kind of throw it to the fact that maybe I'll find it one day. But for, yeah, I, I completely understand. And I'm almost the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and you see people who want to have rare VHS in their collection right. for the sake of just saying that they have that. Yeah. And I, and I don't see that being less of a collector than somebody who doesn't want to spend the money and have that no. in their collection. And I think both the both of them are definitely VHS collectors. I want to say no. I would say otherwise. so. Yeah. I mean, it's we're all doing it for our own reasons, mm-hmm. and I mean that's why any collector does or collects what they collect. It's your own thing that you love to collect, and exactly you have your own reasons for it. But I mean, that's just yeah. Those are my two trains of thought for when I'm looking for them. I agree. And like usually when I look for, for VHS nowadays, I'm looking for something that I have never seen. Right, yeah. Because like we've kind of, at this point, have conquered all the, like I said, the must-have seen, mm-hmm. like the ones that you, the staples of your collection, basically. There you go, yeah. And uh, now it's, we're almost browsing that movie store in mm-hmm. our minds for the thing that we've never seen. I want to bring the conversation full circle here and touch base on the first topic we, we brought up here and about how VHS is still alive and there's a growing community for it um, and there's such a, a peak of interest recently. So uh, I want to have your opinion on uh, what you think the future for VHS is. 
Um, I mean, you know, with all the uh, the whole community out there, you know, uh, Lunch Meat and Nemesis and all those guys, and then um, smaller people coming up like uh, Fusion Video, maybe people maybe not heard of uh, Video Vomit, and yeah. then um, any more labels that might be erect anytime soon. I mean, it seems like they're coming out everywhere now. Um, and especially with uh, people as big as like Mondo releasing VHS releases, it's oh yeah, you know it's uh, I mean it's it's definitely like I said it's not dead and it's maybe like a steady rise, but it's still coming back because there's there's maybe not a demand for it, but like you said, a peak of interest enough to where people are wanting things on VHS more and more. It's becoming more common than when a movie comes out that's maybe like more of an independent film. People are starting to ask if this is going to be released on VHS, I oh, noticed. Yeah. And so... Which is wild. Yeah. Because and, you haven't heard that for 10 years. No, exactly. And it's like, it's not anymore like, oh, when is this coming out on DB? Like, usually it's either, when is this coming out on VOD? Mm-hmm. Or is there going to be like a VHS release from what I've seen anyway? Oh yeah. And I mean, I always ask that too. Um, I'm always just like, is this, if I think that it's a plausible idea for them to do that, I'd be like, is this coming out on VHS? Not can, can we make it come out on VHS? Because I would love to have that. Definitely possible. (laughs) And so why won't you take the opportunity to uh, put something out? Like if your work, on something like this just format that people are right, know, collecting and, and collecting exactly. yeah the collectability uh, factor of it would be just I mean whether you just love the format and you're trying to revive it like we are or that apparently I mean obviously there's money to be made there mm-hmm. it's kind of a it wouldn't be like a wide release like DVD I mean it's obviously going to be limited but mm-hmm. that makes it all the more uh, worthwhile to release it in that format because then people are going to spend even more money to just get it on that format yeah and you said that like there really isn't much of a demand for vhs uh-huh. but personally i think that within this year there will be a demand for it yes and uh, there just, will be more as uh, like as it steadily increases oh yeah absolutely uh because i mean even you see online uh, just recently that picture i sh- i sent to you that breaking bad released yeah. on vhs i mean that that guy put out i think there's like four or five different covers i'm not for sure if he's actually pinned on vhs he might just be doing the art for the covers right but still that blew up it was all over like yeah, buzzfeed released it 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 hasn't been that way like we that's the second one though that we've had in the past I mean, year that mm-hmm. there was the other one where the dude released like Drive and yeah. uh, some other tapes, like they were just mock-ups of exactly. what they would look like, and it's getting to the point where like I'm seeing that more and more now. Like designers are starting to put stuff back onto VHS, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that it's completely plausible to put those things oh, yeah. onto VHS. Oh and, yeah, and uh, maybe like it'll head in that direction more now that people are just, I mean, obviously with bigger movies it they'd just be bootlegs but uh that people instead of just putting mock-ups or putting up actual like cases that are going to get released they... and that would be nuts to actually see that happen and i knew that uh april fools i mean this will come out much like a month after that yep. but for april fools uh it follows uh, the movie it follows uh they i mean 
opening weekend. I'm sure they yes. made Buku's of money. I kept on hearing it on every single social network that was on. But that it was people, the horror movie of the year. Exactly. Yeah, it's like still it was the big. end of the year. It was big. And for, for April Fool's, they put out a mock VHS cover art. And people went nuts. They were like, yes, this is happening. Like, yeah, people like, were so excited about it. Because it was attached to something that was so widely, widely released that yeah, just came out. And, so. and then they said it was a joke. And everyone flipped their tongue. Yeah, like they, they like, just what? lost it. I know. And I think just that shows you there is a complete interest in this and, yeah. and like I said before there will be a demand for it I don't think it would be at the volume of what VHS was no, however there will definitely not, be a demand for it no yeah and I mean I would hope maybe with time that it would be at that point like get yeah. back to that point because I don't like it, it'd be kind of funny though like to see with the rising VHS if it got back to that point like how would that infect like Blu-ray sales uh-huh. and things like that? Like people are obviously still gonna have the high def TVs, but what if like VHS became the new thing? But it was like an old form, like it was always there. And so what happened? Like we de- degrade from Blu-ray back to VHS. Like that people, would be wild. That would be so awesome. Like, I, that, I would blow my mind. And be like we straight start, digital to analog. Right. Like, like we start resurrecting video stores. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be the fucking dream. But <laughs> it probably. I mean, it's plausible because you do see a lot of these uh, video stores popping up. Right. And I mean, they don't just specialize in VHS. However. They're fucking rental stores. Yeah. And that's crazy. I mean, there's a bunch already out there who do stock VHS, but it would be crazy to see in the next year uh, double that amount. Exactly. And I mean, even with... It's... It's it's a while off because, like, uh, with... We saw that video for uh, Jimmy Fallon when they did the the video for Vulcan Video. Yeah. And he straight out asked him, like, does anybody rent these tapes when he showed him the amount of tapes that he had and they said barely ever like they had one guy that would rent like one every other week uh-huh. or something and I mean they're one of the larger video stores that I know of and that's wild to think I, about that like no one they just maybe so maybe it's just the, the area that, it could that be yeah it could be and I I could be mistaken I thought that New York, it kind of seems from what I see mm-hmm. on social media that there's a lot of activity going on in the analog variety there. Oh, definitely. But, and then you hear that no one rents from Vulcan video, yeah. like tapes, which is kind of weird, but you know, it's definitely. But could however, be maybe people don't realize it even existed. So maybe this was like a perfect pitch and marketing for for them. So now I'm actually curious of could be. How, how many people actually rent from there now after a that spike video in sales. Blew up. Yeah, yeah, I'm very curious to, to, to hear about we that. We should uh, try and get in contact. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'd be pretty easy to shoot them an email or something. I'm curious if they have a, a website. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I think that to kind, of, to kind of wrap it all up, I believe that we will resort back to analog um, not fully. I mean, of course, digitally, we are still booming in, and there's right. it's just going to keep going in that direction. However, people are using analog for for art, for music, for for visual art. Like it's uh, become an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. And um, going back to what we said earlier, I mean, it could pop up as a fad, but I feel like I mean, it already existed for years before that, and mm-hmm. it was a strong. Uh, advancement in technology and if it goes back to 
if we resort back to that, I mean, maybe it'll start out as a fad like it's barely doing right now, but yeah. it would stick on for a lot longer. I agree. I agree. In like the 10 years that DVD conquered VHS, uh-huh. I don't think it died. No, I think absolutely. it was just it just got kind of pushed together. Absolutely, I mean, of course, it's something new, so people want to embrace the new. Yeah, I mean, I I did absolutely. Yeah. I remember the the first DVD commercials for uh, Terminator Two. I was like, dude, I don't even know what DVD is, and I totally got to have that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's what what made DVD, which I don't mean to go on another tangent, but what made DVD so superior is because not well, a you don't have to worry about a big ass tape to put in, right? B, it's a fucking disc. Like when CDs came out, it blew people's minds. Yeah, it's, it's just such a technological. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest thing is the extras. Like you can hear commentaries, you can have behind the scenes, like so many different things that you can figure out about your favorite film that you never knew about. Right, and that's and what it made. I it mean, so yeah, superior. that's exactly what sold it. Was mm-hmm. all the extras that they had. Exactly, but I mean, I will forever collect VHS and if, if this market does go continue to go into the same direction as it's going in I think it will be just amazing and I will I will sit here and enjoy the ride mm-hmm. as, as we go on um, like you said there's different labels and stuff that are popping up everywhere who Absolutely. are releasing and or re-releasing films that were hard to find uh, for instance uh, you know Quest for the Monkey God uh, and so they're actually giving it a chance to, for collectors to collect it as well as people to watch a film that they have, have never experienced never or may have never ever and will never see the light of day on any other form Corey Feldman <laughs> Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Well, that concludes our very first Forever Bogus podcast. I'd like to thank Eli for allowing me to record at his place, as well as having him be a guest on our very first podcast. He will become a regular guest after a few episodes in. However, on our next episode, I will be meeting up with my buddy Zach Sauls to discuss our feelings and thoughts on the adventures of Pete and Pete. We'll go in further detail about our favorite episodes and favorite characters, um, how it impacted our lives and our childhood, as well as nowadays as we are adults. And we might go into a little bit of fan theory. In the meantime, feel free to give us a like on Facebook and follow us on Instagram as well as live stream. Thanks for listening to the Bogus Summer of Pilots. Tune in next week for more summer surprises. Stay bogus.